From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. Good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us wherever you are in the world. In fact, tonight, Elaine, we're going to be traveling vicariously around the world to Cambodia and some very special friends here to uh, share what God is doing in some incredible places. And uh, we'll get into that in just a few moments. Right now, let's check in with our friends at Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with a story of real-life Jesus freaks from The Voice of the Martyrs. A favorite story told by Richard Wormbrand, the founder of The Voice of the Martyrs, goes back to the 14 years he spent in a communist prison in Romania. He would tell of a minister who had been horribly beaten and then thrown back into the cell with the other prisoners, half dead, with blood streaming from his face and body. While some of his fellow prisoners washed his wounds, others cursed the communists for their brutality. With a quiet yet firm voice, the minister said, Please, don't curse them. Keep silent. I wish to pray for them. Imagine loving your enemies that much. For more stories of victorious living, go online to persecution.com. And back with you here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan. Our uh, producer and co-host, and of course our faithful predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And uh, Elaine, you're going to be uh, introducing the Michelers in just a second. Yes. Want to remind you, friends, that uh, your contributions are key to advancing vibrant communities and mm-hmm. helping the connection engine uh, keep running as uh, connections are made almost 365 days, 24-7, uh, as uh, people reach out of the four walls of their homes and churches to personally serve the needs of others. We appreciate your uh, prayer support and your financial support. <laughs> A reminder, our website is vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. You can always call us, 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. And we so appreciate each and every uh, donation and and appreciate every call. And you can always write to us, too. That's right. Uh, Let's check out some of the... We do read here. We do, contrary to popular opinion or belief. (laughs) The Volunteer Center of the United Way has some opportunities you might want to check out. The American Cancer Society encouraging volunteers to put your car and compassion to good use. Mm-hmm. Road to recovery volunteers are needed to chauffeur cancer patients to and from treatments or medical appointments. Drivers are needed throughout the county, but especially in Modesto. 
volunteer drivers at least 18 years of age with a valid California driver's license, proof of insurance, and a vehicle, always helpful, are asked to, volunteer, <laughs> asked to volunteer at least once a month but may choose to participate more often. Training is provided for all volunteers. The American Cancer Society is a national community-based voluntary health organization that is dedicated to eliminating cancer through active funding, support, and advocacy for cancer research to save lives and provides educational and support services to cancer patients and their families. Now, this is different. Stanislaw County Department of Environmental Resources is asking for volunteers to inspect public swimming pools for compliance with state laws to ensure acceptable water quality, structural safety, availability, availability of life-saving equipment, and assist with water well inspections. Now, volunteer must be at least 24 years of age so, <laughs> and have a, a current California driver's license, a high school diploma, two years of college with a background in science. And be able to swim. And have, no. <laughs> well, that might help. Have an interest in the public health field be capable of working independently and in a team, and pass a background check. This, this might be pretty interesting. That's very interesting. Isn't I, it? As a, for, I, as you a know, volunteer I, I know you, you have a well and stuff, and I, don't, I think you even have a pool, but I mean, this is kind of a, a different Yeah, but it's above ground. You know, just, <laughs> volunteer. For me and my little water wings <laughs> Your flashing water wings. out there. Yeah. I love it. Volunteers <laughs> will gain experience. In a professional office, field work, enforcing state regulations, and will be provided the use of a county automobile. Yeah, that's pretty cool, huh? Wow. Plus, you're going to meet a lot of people doing this, so this could be a, a lot of fun. You make a big splash. So you make a head. big splash. Take a bite out of crime. Just wave as you go by. That's a whole different thing. But, and just dive right into it. <laughs> We're having Were you way trying to finish too that? much fun okay. here, more fun yeah. than allowed. We'll get through it. By law, you sure. know, Pastor, this is the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And I know this is this is a, a whole separate thing, and Pastor Mike has some pet stories that probably should be a whole different show in itself. But probably not. Friendly yeah. pets and their humans are needed to visit seniors in convalescent hospitals mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. care facilities. For the Society of the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Now, this is a pet outreach program. And I know you guys think this is, is not real, but it really is. Volunteers accompany their pets as they socialize with residents. This this is a, a really can I bring my goat? That that's where I was I was probably thinking draw about. Draw the line on they, that. One. They might draw yeah. the line on that, a probably as well as most of oh, yeah. your pets. But during these visits, animals are often successful in increasing communication decreasing anxiety, except in your case, Pastor Mike, <laughs> and in cutting through the barriers that isolate people. Pets need to be friendly and like to be handled. Stress it's very important. And visits are made the first and second Saturday mornings and the third Wednesday mornings of each month. You know, the, this the, could that be a does really work. cool thing. It that does really work. does work. It yeah, really it does. does work. And, you know, I have some pets that probably wouldn't fit in this category either, you know, like the lizard Gila monster thing my husband just bought home. But, I mean, you know, this, 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 <laughs> this could be a really fun thing. So if you have any 
questions about any of these fun things to volunteer <coughs> and do, you probably want to call Barbara Borba, not us. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113 again, 209-524-1307. But it's a small goat. Barbara's really going to get small. back at us. Extension pygmy. 113. You pygmy can goats. E- pygmy goats. They're yeah. so cute. They are cute. Freddie and They Patches. brighten somebody's you day. You can email Barbara. But it's what they do to the hallways that's the problem. Terrible yeah. things. Barbara, Maybe I'll bring the dog instead. Even. Let's yeah. get through this. Barbara, is. you can email her at bborbett at uwaystand.org. She is really going to get us for this. Okay, you know what people do ask us here, and I don't know why they bother to talk to us sometimes, but they do ask us what we need the most here at Advancing Vibrant Communities Besides Therapy. But they do <laughs> ask us what we need. And in this order, we need for people in need Twin beds is the number one yeah, thing, yeah. Uh, and then the other sizes follow. But twin beds, uh, number one. Then dressers uh, and fridges, refrigerators, sofas, followed by washers and dryers, and then linens, you know, beddings and towels and things like that. And then uh, coming up soon and very soon are air conditionings, mm. uh, air conditioners, and, and which will top the list. And uh, probably um, will move quickly to the number one uh, position. So if you, uh, dear friends, want to donate any of those items that are in good, working, uh, clean condition, give us a call at 522-544-209. Let's back up. I don't do numbers and I don't do directions. 209 is the area code, 544-9571. That's the phone number, and we will... um, uh, make those connections uh, to the people who are in need of those items. Yeah, and, and there are tremendous needs right now, especially in this economy. A lot of single moms and dads, a lot of uh, elderly people have been abandoned by their families, right. and uh, the need is great. If you can uh, brighten that day and, and to provide them really sometimes with a life-sustaining uh, donation, uh, we'd be happy to facilitate that. You bet. Well, you know, many people have been uh, to Disneyland and done the small world thing, and you get that small world after all song in your head, and then, you know, the, the ice cream truck comes along and playing the little song and all that kind of stuff, and it just drives you crazy. But And it really is a small world after all. We were at the Turlock Christian Fellowship not so long ago, and then they tell you to turn around and greet someone and say (laughs) hi to everybody. Lo and behold, standing not too far from us was Jerry and Wilma Mishler. And we started talking, and, of course, Wilma and I connected because we knew each other's daughters before we knew each other, actually. And, And Jerry and Pastor Mike connected because... Before we lived uh, lived here, before we were here, the ABC ministry was here. Jerry actually had a lawnmower shop here in the ABC building. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about the lawnmower thing. And so how does how it feel sitting in this building? <laughs> strange, strange, doesn't it? Yeah. The ceiling is lower here now. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's so, changed. Cool. I tell yeah. you, it, and it really is a small world. Well, we just want to <clears throat> welcome. Jerry and Wilma Mishler to Lighthouse Live. It is wonderful to have you back in Modesto, California. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if Modesto is your home yes. or not. Mm-hmm. It's where you're originally from. Mm-hmm. And it's just great. It's a thrill to have you here with us tonight. Thank mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. for taking time out to be with us. Well, thanks for having us. Uh, yes, just, thank you. Just great to have you here. Now, I don't know uh, how long have you been married and... and uh, 
You better get that in. Get it right, Jerry. You better get that right, Jerry. I can tell Well, I know. I want to make sure she remembers. (laughs) Ah, That's a a good way to respond. But we've been married 40 years now. Congratulations. Actually, almost 40 40 years and a half. Wow. And so so we go way back, you know. In fact, I met her. I met her at 16 years old. She was still in high school when I met her. Modesto High. High school. Yeah. And so uh, I went through. no, I didn't. I was already graduated from high school, and uh, but I met her while she was in high school, and so after she got out of high school, we got married. Mm. Wow! Yeah. Fantastic. When did you come to the Lord? I came to the Lord when I was thirteen years old in uh, in a small country church in Indiana. What part of Indiana? A northern part of Indiana, in uh, Goshen, Elkhart. The uh, people talk about the Elkhart area. That's uh, that's suffering right now from a lot of. Of uh, loss of jobs mm. from the recreational industry, and uh, that's my home area is in northern part of Indiana. A lot of good quality musical instruments come yes, out of Elkhart, the, Indiana. Yes, the yeah. horn. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, wind instruments. Yes, yes mm-hmm. right. Yes. And how about you, Wilma? I was thirty. Okay. And so, uh, when we got married, he was a believer, and I was not. Uh huh. I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, as far as I mean, we were we were love. We had a good marriage, but when I got born again at age thirty, and the Lord came into our marriage, it was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Even better after that, changed everything. Around. It did. Yeah. Yes. So from lawnmower shops here at the corner of Coffee and mm-hmm. Scenic to and, now, let's get this right so I don't mess it up later. <laughs> the name of the city in Cambodia is Batambong. I happen to have a handy-dandy little map here. Yeah. Hold we'll it up hold it up so to the microphone so everybody can see <laughs> it. So they can see it, right? And everybody knows that I need a map. <laughs> like it's going to do me a lot of good. Yeah. I, let's see. The name of the city again? It's Batambang or Batambong. <gasps> I found it. Yeah. yeah. Are you it's proud up, of me? Look, it's look. up in the northwest part of Cambodia. It's there. Near the it? Thai border. Yes. You well, what... It. What brought what brought you to have this heart for Cambodia? Well, we had been involved in uh, foreign foreign missions for a number of years before we went to Cambodia in in Guatemala for about five years short term, and ten years in India for short term. Now, some people say short term is two weeks, and but I would go and spend two months. Mm. Every in spring and every fall, I would go. So four months a year, I was gone to India doing uh, church planting. So that was short term for me. But while I had a landscape maintenance business, uh, I would uh, that was the best time of the year to go in the spring and the fall. Mm. So I would take two months in the spring and two months in the fall and work. And I worked with a local uh, local uh, evangelist in the southern part of India. And uh, so, and then uh, later, uh, every time I would come home from these trips, I would share in my uh, in men's group in our church. And in, our, in the church, I shared about what went on in India. Well, one time uh, I shared this, and uh, at the end of the meeting, there was this Cambodian fellow sitting at the back crying. And I went up to him afterwards, and I said, well, why are you crying? He says, you know, I've been away from my country now because of the war over 25 years, and now I have the desire to go back and share the mm. gospel to my home village in Cambodia. And it happened to be Batabong province. 
And so we connected, and uh, he went back, and then about three months later, I went to India, and that was 1999. I went the first time and uh, experienced Cambodia for the very first time. And so at that time, we felt the calling, and and uh, 1999, 2000, and the calling, and it was really a strange calling. I and and I know some people say, well, does God speak today? Well, yeah, He does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I was walking through a rice field in Batabong Province, in Bovell District, and uh, the rice was overripe, and and it was up about three foot high. And when I was walking, the kernels would hit my hand, and the kernels would fall off of the stalk. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, and he not only said it once, he said it three times, look, this harvest is ripe. Mm. It's ready. It's overripe. In fact, just brushing your hand across the kernels, they'll fall. He said, so is the harvest in Cambodia. Just brush them with the word of God, and they'll come in. Mm. And, uh, and, And then at that time, the God says, I want you to come here. And we were thinking about going full-time someday, but I, we didn't know where. We thought it was going to be India because I spent 10 years in India. Wow. And so, so uh, and they said, I want you to come here, and I want you to come and equip Cambodians to reach Cambodians for Christ. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a, a, to teach them how to evangelize and reach from house to house. And so when, after that, I said, well, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, you're going to have to speak to my wife because this is not going to be a single thing. This is going to be a, a husband and That's wife right. thing. Right. So, And you know what? That kind of principle is why you've been married 40 years. That's yeah, right. That's you know, true. really, seriously. It is, it is, yeah. And that, that, that type of communication and agreement is yeah. just absolutely necessary, yeah. isn't it? And so, I, so I, here we have 15 hours on the other side of the world, on the other side of the of the globe, my wife was over there at the same time and had an experience with God, and I'll let her share that. Go ahead, woman, yes. Yeah, there's 15 hours difference halfway around the world, so if you just you know, shoot it halfway around the world, there we are. And I was just minding my own business, washing, washing dishes in the kitchen sink, and all of a sudden the kitchen window disappeared, and I saw Cambodian faces. Mm. I was wide awake, wow. and I heard... God, speak to me in a loud voice. All he said was, go. (laughs) And I said, but God, these faces aren't dark enough. They don't look like Indians. They look like Cambodians. (laughs) Because we always thought if God was going to call us full time, it would be India because Jerry had spent so much time there. And I said, these are Cambodians. And then I heard his voice one more time. And he said, what part of go don't you understand? And that was good enough for me. Mm. And when Jerry got home, he put down his suitcases, and I, we greeted each other. And I said, I guess we're going to Cambodia. And he did the hallelujah dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. How much time had elapsed? It was the exact same time. Exactly. We figured we, it out. We checked the times yeah. that took place, and it was exactly at the same time mm. there in Cambodia. And it was at uh, early morning or something. Uh, that she had an experience with the Lord. So it was at the same time. Amazing. Mm. God working at the same time, mm. halfway around the world, speaking uh, to, uh, to, our part, uh, to my wife. Wow. So that was exciting. So, so then from then on, you know, we understood that, that, you know, this was a witness to us that, hey, get your bags packed, you know. 
And so we took for the next year and a half. And uh, during the time that, that we were thinking about full-time is when I owned this shop. Wow. And, it, and it economically, it just didn't work, and we ended up losing it mm. because the economic issues uh, in the in the in the uh, latter part of the '90s, and so and then that was think, okay. Things are coming full circle, aren't they? It is. <laughs> and so so we uh, we downsized in our house, and it was unbelievable. We got all of our 30 years of uh, mm. well, it wasn't at that time. It was 25 or 22 years, 23 years of all of our knickknacks, our crystal, our, a lot of our china, a lot of our stuff. We just stuff. put it out to the yard sale and sold it. Mm. It was 33 years. 33 years at that time, yeah. 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 And so, because so, it was a commitment. We knew we knew that that was where. And, and here, I've been to, I went to Cambodia several times before she went. And she never went to wait and see. We packed our bags. We went full time. And that was the first time she put her foot on Cambodian soil when we were called the ministry. Wow. So mm. she never went to check it out. Mm. Most people, well, I'm going to go, my wife would say, I want to go check it out mm. first to see where it is, what I want to do. Well, she already determined in her heart that this is it. Well, my God tells you what part of go, don't you understand? It doesn't leave <laughs> yeah. you much choice. That's pretty definitive, <laughs> isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> You've got that little human side, that fleshly side saying, well, and then your family, what what, yeah. what about the family? Yeah. What, what, uh, what well, we always like had a, a joke with our children when we'd leave the house. They'd always scream, party, you know, that kind of thing <laughs> out the window. And so we, we said, well, we're, we're going to go to, you know, we prayed and told them, um, we really feel the direction God is mm-hmm. moving us to Cambodia. And they both yelled, party. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they were in their, you know, in their late 20s. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't like... They were small children, but they were both out of the house already. So, and now look where yes. the children are. Yes. But I, th- I think there was there was a time there. We kind of doubted it because we went to our local church and told them what we wanted to do, and and uh, it was a different calling than really what the church was called to. Because we were called to the villages. We wanted to start in the village, not start in the city, mm. and uh, so it was a little bit different. So. Uh, we didn't get what we thought we needed to get, so we had to, we formed our own 501c3 organization, set up our own organization to to raise funds ourselves. Mm. And not that we wanted to be independent; we totally wanted to be dependent upon the body of Christ and the the local church to help us. And so, but anyway, we set up a program, started talking to all of our friends <coughs> within the churches. You know, the churches would not would not respond because we were not their particular denomination, which that's okay, you know. And uh, now looking back, going into the countryside is what our calling is. Our yeah, calling is sure. to the countryside, to the poor, the villages. and uh, Tell so, us about the poor and the villages, the need. What, what, yeah. kind, what kinds of, of things do you see? Oh, it's, it, they live from day to day. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about the future. They're just thinking about how am I going to get the food for today and tomorrow. Mm. And, one day uh, at a time. One truly. day at a time. And it's struggling for them. They're, they're struggling for, for getting water because you know, the wells aren't available and the rivers aren't close by and there's no public water system. So they got to think about where am I going to get water for today to cook for, my fa- for, 
for the family and for their and for their taking baths. And there, most Cambodians take a bath three times a day because it's hot, sweaty, and humid. Mm, yeah. And they're taking three baths a day. And, uh, and so it's a uh, so all these things they're thinking about how can they survive from one day to the next. So uh, there's a lot of poor people there, and uh, because a lot of children are abandoned, a lot of times the the grandmother and the grandfather they have to take care of the grandkids while the mother and the father either abandon them or are working on jobs far away. And uh, it's a struggle for the older people trying to provide for the families. So you get to know the people oh, yeah, close yeah. and personally. You get to love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do yeah. not do a mass evangelism. Everything that we do is all one-on-one, house-to-house. Mm. And so mm-hmm. it's not mass evangelism. It's harder. It takes a lot more time. But I tell you, you establish a relationship with the people, and you get to know who they are. Se- seems to yeah. me Jesus kind of did it that yeah. way. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. Well, even even in the book of Acts, when you read through the book of Acts, it was all they met house to house. That's they right. met daily in houses. Yeah. They had fellowship with one another. Well, it was really exciting when we first went there, and then um, we had joined with with a medicinal Cambodian man. Then after a year, uh, we we just got calls a different way, and so uh, when we went back the second year, we started with zero. I mean, all I had was my secretary, okay, and Jerry did not even have oh, a, translator. a translator at that time. And so when we went back in 2003, um, we started fresh, and we, and I have seen God just move in such a fantastic way that the day that we got back, he sent us another person to come alongside of Jerry, and he had the same vision about going into the villages, the remote villages, to reach the lost. And Jerry and him started going out together every day, and they'd come home and say, you know, we let this many people to the Lord, and we let that many people. Cambodia is totally open to the gospel. Mm -hmm. The people are so hungry. There really are not too many restrictions. The only really restrictions that the government has is that if if they think, is you're like bribing them to come into the faith, you know, proselyte. Uh, to proselyte. Like, you know, if you say you believe in Jesus Christ, we'll give you sacrifice, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or co- come to church, you know, we'll, you'll get a sacrifice. And so the government doesn't look favorably on that. So we, we don't, of course, do those kind of things. But um, after a while, after the first month, they had started so many house churches that then we needed other people to be able to take care in order to keep growing and so over the years uh we have really seen this grown and and we just give god all the praise and glory because we yes. do not speak the language i was going to ask you what no. about the language uh, harley harley speak it's it a at tonal all? language and uh so i because i have been landscape maintenance for so many years i blowers I got this certain pitch in my ear. My ears suffer damage from mm. being around blowers and loud equipment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That a lot of those tones I can't even hear. They they can make a sound that I cannot hear. So it wasn't the rock, loud rock and roll music. No, okay. <laughs> for her it was. Yes, Jimi Hendrix. Yes. Yeah, she would go to the Jimi Hendrix and be up on the twelve foot speakers and sit her put her ear right up to it. So she's hard hearing in that aspect. So. So, but it's a it's a tonal language, very very difficult language to learn. And here we went in our late fifties. If it was, that's one of the reasons missions organization didn't recommend that we would go because we we needed to be a lot younger. What 
what they wanted. And so that was one of the reasons why they turned us down is because they thought we were too old. Which, man, it doesn't make any difference. In fact, during that time for us to decide, I saw an article on one of the Christian stations, and it was this this couple that said, I'm going to wait till we get age 65. Then we're going to serve God. Mm-hmm. And then it went on, and then the man had a heart attack, and she had some health issues. Their realized vision never took place. And so it just convinced us to hear at age 55 that, man, if we're going to serve God, we're healthy now, so we might as well serve God now. But now that we've been in there seven or eight years now, that we're in there for the long haul. And so we don't have any challenging uh, medical problems. We have some aches and pains from riding motorcycles on bad roads and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, why, with the elements and stuff, but, but we're still pretty healthy and we have... Within eight hours to Bangkok, good medical care, just like America. You know, to me, as you look through the heroes of the Bible, uh, a, lot, a lot of those guys were, you know, and in, in not not spring chickens <clears throat> not, right, when right. God called them. You know, and I think that's one of in our in our Western mind. You know, we this concept of retirement. I, I don't see retirement in the Bible. Do you? I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't no, I don't. I don't, I don't well, I'm all. 62 now, and in December I got my Social Security check. And, uh, and, you know, and that's, praise God, that's helping in our ministry that I don't have to pull any money from the organization. Uh, we sure. support our own. Yeah. So we don't get a salary. We don't, we're just, we're just there, you know. And so, and we thank God for that. Yes. And, uh, but, uh, we just thank God that we're able to be there and, uh, fulfill God's commandment. You know, when we went to Cambodia, one of the things that the Lord impressed on us that, that God wanted to teach us and show us what to do, not to take everything that we learned over the 10 or 15 or 20 years before, but he wanted to teach us freshly mm. what to do in Cambodia. And that's basically what we did, and we threw away a lot of the evangelistic uh, evangelism techniques, and God showed us how to to make a packet that really ministered to the Cambodian. It's a picture presentation. To so, the Buddhists. They're Buddhists. And they're yeah. Buddhists. Okay. Yeah. And so it has worked so effectively. Now we have 85 that are on staff, paid staff, and they're going around the country leading over 500 to Christ each and every month wow. because it was the plan that God gave us. And the plan, we still stick to that same pl- plan eight years later, and it's still being effective just like he said it would be. And we're not, it's not our plan. It was his plan. That's Amen. right. All right. Well, we're going to be back with <coughs> lots more uh, with Jerry and, and Wilma Mishler. You know, the David Crowder band uh, is, in a word, awesome. Okay, two words. They're diverse. Well, here's uh, Surely We Can Change from the Remedy CD on Lighthouse Live. And the problem is this We were bought with a kiss But the cheek still turned Even when it wasn't it And I don't know What to do with a love like that I don't know how to be a love. 
David Crowder Band. And something's going to change soon. You bet. Ah, Pastor Mike and Elaine and Jerry and Wilma Mishler, along with our prayer warrior here, Al Ramsey, and, and missionaries in Cambodia doing a powerful thing. I love the part about now we choose what our hands will do. And, and Jerry mm. and Wilma have, have done that. And uh, those who name the name of Christ, we, we do that and we reach our hands out and we are uh, Jesus with skin on to the world mm. as we reach mm. out in love to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And Jerry and Wilma, uh, you're doing that with those in Cambodia. And, and tell us uh, what you're doing uh, there in terms of uh, we were talking about relationships and uh, loving these people one-on-one. Tell us some stories and what you're seeing and what you're doing. You, you were saying, Jerry, there are 85 people on staff. Just uh, tell us uh, what is going on in Cambodia. You know, when we first went to Cambodia, we felt impressed at established relationships. And, and one of the things that we saw from our experiences here in America, there was a lot of uh, people going to church, but there wasn't very much follow-up. Mm-hmm. And so God really spoke to us that we had to, ha- to create a situation to where we would have fellowship and follow-up because these people need to have daily, att- not daily attention, but weekly attention because they had so many needs, prayer needs. So, so that's what is established now. We have these 85 that are going out every day. They're assigned so many villages and so many groups and they're in charge of every week going to a new house and start sharing the gospel to a new place. And uh, they lead them to Christ, and the very next week we come back and we start doing a, a, uh, a really basically it's learning who God is, understanding the functions of the Holy Spirit. It's it's actually a, set, a, a book series of six books from Campus Crusade, and Campus Crusade had developed it for for training and making disciples, and so we start out with that. And they're basically learning who God is, what is the local, what is the church. And it's just pertinent things that they understand and to solidify their salvation. Mm-hmm. That they knew without a shadow of a doubt that within within three months, most of our people know without a shadow, shadow of a doubt that they're a child of God. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know everything, but they're a child of God. And once you know that you're a child of God, man, God can work with you. So many people really don't know, well, if I do this wrong, well, maybe maybe I'm really not a Christian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, so once we solidify that, because the first three months are so important for the Cambodians because they're very mobile people. And we got them three months, we try to pack it full of understanding who they are in God because they move, may move away and we may never see them again. Are, are they following... Agriculture. Well, some the... of us, because if there's no rains, they have their own field. Okay. The rice field failed them, and they can't. They'll have to go to the Thai border, or some people even go into Thailand to get jobs. And so they may be gone six months to a year, or or even longer. So, uh, so we try to impact their lives before they leave. And now. We've heard testimonies of people going into new areas, and they'll even plant churches themselves mm-hmm. just on a three-month training. And and it's just basically sharing their faith, sharing what God's doing, because everybody has a testimony. Yes, Everybody's yes. got a testimony. Absolutely. And it, maybe it's not an elaborate. Maybe they can't quote 
ten scriptures, but their testimony and what God's doing in their life. And so it's a, the, the, the Cambodian evangelism we do is very, very simple. We tried to keep it so simple. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, love simplicity. Yes. Uh, I, I love these pictures that, that you've taken, and, and Wilma, these children <clears throat> love to uh, color and listen. These are fabulous pictures, and, and, and you say that adults listen from afar to Bible teachings. What is prayer life there? Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, the one thing you said about the adults listen from afar, whenever our leaders go out, they go out two by two, and then they... Um, there's always adults listening in the distance. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, this picture here, I know again, this is not television, but it's a picture of a, a 71-year-old blind woman who was listening in the distance. She had been listening for months to the the teacher coming every week. For the to, children. Uh, for the children. Mm-hmm. And finally, one day she screamed. I was there that day. She screamed, I want to know more yeah, about this yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So yeah. she went over there, and this is a picture where she's leading <clears throat> the 71-year-old blind woman to the Lord. She had been listening. And so um, the children, you know, they're just like children here. The Holy Spirit touches their lives in such a special way that when, when they believe that Jesus died for their sins and they receive that wonderful gift of salvation, mm-hmm. you can just see their countenance change and you just see the love of God entering to them. And they, they just love to, to worship. They love <clears throat> to pray. And so it's exciting to see little prayer warriors being raised Look up. Look at this picture of them praying. Yes. Is that not the most precious yeah. thing? Some people say, oh, can, a, can a child at six or seven years old understand who Jesus is? Yes. Yeah, both of our children, <laughs> Allison and Dave, both of our <laughs> mm-hmm. kids, both of them became Christians at six and seven years old. Mm-hmm. And it was a genuine experience, and they knew it. And so these kids are receiving Christ, and they're going home and sharing with their mother and father. And all these children, we have 9,000 children that we see every week in home uh, Bible clubs that we meet all over the province, or actually in three provinces now. And they're going home and sh- telling the stories and sharing their color picture that they did mm-hmm. to their mothers and father. In fact, there's a, a story about this one child that wanted us to come, wanted me to come along too, along with the translators and the, and the worker. We went to her house, and inside this shack, it was a grass. It was not wood. It was all grass roof, thatch roof, and grass on the walls. And all, inside the walls, there must have been 75 to 100 colored pictures that she had been involved in the last two years. And all the pictures. And she would come home and share that story, for example, of, of Zacchaeus. They colored the picture of Zacchaeus. And she would go home and tell her mother and father about the Zacchaeus and Jesus. Well, the mother and father invited us to come over there because they wanted to know more about this Jesus. And we ended up leading the mother and father to Christ on the child's testimony. Amen. You know, we we were talking about the simplicity, and really it's it's the simplicity of the gospel. I think in our Western mindsets, we tend to overcomplicate and Mm over-strategize things a a little bit. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. That's right. Isn't it key, you know, that we just get get, get down to basics and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit to work? You know, 
when we went to Cambodia, the, the, Paul writes in the scripture in Romans that he talks about that I, I choose not to build on another man's ministry. We went in there with that same thought that we went to go to the people that do not know Jesus Christ and establish this, what we're doing there is basically we started from ground zero with nothing. And we were not getting believers. We were getting unbelievers and leading them to Christ Amen. and leading them to Christ. Now we are getting both. We, we teach, we teach the lost and uh, teach the found. We, the ones who are already Christians. And we're teaching them also because they don't have a church. They don't have anything. Maybe they came to Christ in the border. Mm. Maybe they came to Christ in some other location and had to move. So we got two kinds of people that we're ministering to. And the key is, is that, that people are lost and, and uh, realizing there is no hope for them outside of Christ. In Buddhism, <laughs> Buddhism there it's all on, on merit, doing good. And hoping that at the end of your life you're you're good and bad, you're going to be better on the good side than you are the bad side. If you don't, you might come back as a mosquito or a dog or something else, you or know, a goat or a goat. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, <laughs> we're not going to let the goat thing down. Are I'll we? be back in my own and, backyard. And you, know, <laughs> and, and you know, you were talking, Jerry, a moment about the language uh, thing, the the barrier. Mm-hmm. You are discipling them. And they're taking their language and mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. the gospel right. with others in their language. So they are yeah. continuing that on. And by God, keeping yeah. the gospel so simple, you yes. know, the power to salvation is in the gospel. And <clears throat> and when they share it, you know, the Holy Spirit does his work. And we just believe that. And people say, oh, you know, they have to hear at least 20 times before. No, the first time. They hear the Holy Spirit can do a work. When they all of a sudden are struck the fact that they're lost and undone before God and they have sin in their life and they're separated from God, I mean, the Holy Spirit, and they're sorrowful for this, that they've sinned against greater God. I mean, the Holy Spirit just comes <laughs> in and does his work, you know. Oh, they get God. born again, and it's it's just exciting. In Buddhism, they understand that they're sinners. Because yeah. the whole thing about reincarnation is because of sin. If you don't get it right the first time, you've got to come back around again and again and again and again until you get it out. And so the awareness of sin is the big thing. Let me ask you, because a lot of people's frame of reference for Cambodia is, is the killing fields. Yeah, and, right. uh, well, Let's talk a little bit about where Cambodia is now compared to where it was at the time of, of the killing fields. Well, one of the biggest things that we can say is that uh, We've met people from all over at various different aspects of life, the rich, the poor, many of them, but all of them, all of them were affected somehow or another. They all have relatives who were affected, mm-hmm. and majority of them saw their own relatives being killed. And what does that do? Mm-hmm. It leaves a, a heart that's really troubled. Many of them experience the post-traumatic stress. Most mm-hmm. of them experience the, the bad dreams. They relive it every night. And so the effects of that is, uh, is so bad. And, and because of the way the government separated the, the children from the adults and the adult, they took the adults one place and the children, this abandonment. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the second and the third generation abandonment still taking place in Cambodia yet. Mm-hmm. Because the abandoned end up being abandoned themselves. They'll abandon their children. We see 
parents abandoning their children. So it's generational. It's a generational mm-hmm. thing. And so the effects, although you can go into the countryside and you can see some shacks and look that same way a hundred years ago, but they'll have a TV antenna on the shack <laughs> or a satellite dish. They don't have electricity, but they got a battery and they got a television. Mm. But Joyce Myers, every day, five days a week, 5.30 in the morning, in our congregation alone, we've got 5,000 people watching watching Joyce Myers every morning, yes, Monday right, through really? Friday. Wow. What about cell phones? <laughs> cell phones are everywhere. everywhere. Every, yeah. Almost everybody oh, has goodness. cell phones now. Mm. And, Isn't that uh, just amazing? Yeah, it is. So if things have changed, came. it's a... It's a mo- democratic monarchy. It's really basically one man is in charge. And, uh, and they do have a constitution, but one man is still in charge. Mm. So uh, they cannot choose their own local leadership. It's chosen by the government. And uh, so there's a lot of change, but there's under, under everything, there's Christianity is working, and mm-hmm. we've got villages that the whole structure of the village totally changed because of Christianity. In fact, one village, there's one, was, was, was one temple there, and the temple had complained to the minister of religion that the people were not giving them food to the monks. So they came to check it out. Well, what happened is we led so many people to Christ in that village, they were not supporting the monks, oh. and the monks were starving to death. So we told our leadership in the area, you know, if they're poor and they have no food, you as Christian, give them food. Yes. So we ended up doing it and got many, many Buddhist monks and Buddhist people actually coming to Christ. Is that right? Yes. Is that, Is that a praise? Or yeah. Praise? That's amazing. Oh, my word. <clears throat> so we're, exci- we're excited about what God's doing there. And there's a lot of changes. And we see a lot of things. Uh, people really want democracy in Cambodia. They really do. And they want the fairness, and uh, and I'm I am the the Christianity is what's making the change, and not just in our area, Batabong, but we hear changes all throughout in every state of Cambodia. This being changed as a result of the works of missionaries. The average age in Cambodia, uh, sixty. Eighty-five oh, percent is under the age of twenty-five. Sixty-five percent is under the age of twenty-one. Wow. Three percent is over the age of sixty, so there's a real imbalance. And so, um, targeting these young children, you know, uh, <laughs> Lord's given me a goal for ten thousand to reach ten thousand children every week by the end of this year, and I believe mm-hmm. we're going to reach it. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, we're raising up a spiritual army for God to go forth. Righteousness exalts a nation, and we believe that. As these children are going to grow up and older, you know, that uh, they'll be righteous children and that they will exalt the nation. God will exalt the nation through through them. Why, why do, the, do the demographics look that way? I mean, here it's kind of the other way around, you know, the, with the baby boomer, our generation's uh, aging. Um, is it because of illness, health conditions? Or? The war. The, the war. war. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the ones over 25 to you know, 28 to 30 mm. on up. Those are the ones who were killed. And uh, except for a lot of the children, a lot of people escaped, but a lot of did not. And so they estimated one and a half million that died from from actually killing and one and a half million di- had died from starvation. Half of and the they population actually cut is the, missing. They cut wow. the source off, of, source off of food during for two years. 
And during that time, one and a half million people died. So half the population, three million people had died. And there was estimated around a little over six million at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad. What about the future? <clears throat> what do you see? I mean, obviously God is working in an incredible mm-hmm. way. What do you see a couple years down the road? What, what, what do you see happening? Well, when we first went there, the Lord really impressed our heart that this was going to be a short work. Now, I, I still to this day do not know. We're thinking maybe someday the, 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 it's going to close, the border's going to close. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Maybe there's going to be a coup. Maybe it'll be taken over by some country because it, it could be very easily taken over by some other country. And uh, so we don't know. But, but we know that the harvest is ready. In fact, the last three years to four years, we're seeing the harvest is even has become more ready. And uh, we, and when we, we don't have to plow. We don't have to plant. We don't have to water. The Lord told me just to thrust in the sickle and harvest. And we've been harvesting ever since. And I've, I've been in many evangelistic fields around the world, and I've never seen anything like it. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. You spent a long time, <clears throat> a decade in India. Yeah. yeah. Uh, draw us a comparison between what you saw and in, 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 in your strategies in India and, and uh, Cambodia. Well, the, the Indians are not there because they have not been affected by war. Mm-hmm. So evangelism is totally different, although they know that they, because it's a, it's really the southern half of, of India was affected by Thomas. And it was Catholic, the Catholic Church for uh, all the way up until Christianity ended up coming. I think it, I don't know when they came in, 1600s or something like that, uh, that was revived, as you want to call it, from Thomas' day. But, but um, there is always a God awareness there in, in Hinduism. It's a God awareness. And of course, Hinduism, they believe in 330 million gods. And so it, it's a God conscious country. Mm-hmm. Totally different than Cambodia. They don't even believe in a God. In fact, they b- don't believe in a creation. They believe in evolution. Mm-hmm. And so Buddhism does not recognize any supreme being or supreme God. And so you're it. Mm-hmm. And so it's you know. And so that's the difference between the two countries. And uh, but the country is so ripe to understanding who God is. Many of the, in our uh, classes that our daughter and son-in-law, which are over there in Cambodia right now. Christian and Allison. Yeah, and they, they're teaching, and these kids have never heard anything about creation before. And when you ask them, what about this thing about creation? And they said, evolution never did sit right in their heart. How could that be possible? There had to be somebody that did this. And so then, as a result of that, uh, creation and God and uh, and bring, and Jesus Christ, the sin bearer, boy, they're, it, it, it's good news for them that they don't have to go evolve and evolve. I mean, uh, have evolution. <coughs> I mean, have uh, uh, reincarnation, reincarnation like many, many times. <laughs> One time, Jesus Christ died for their sin and he paid the penalty that they don't have to go through the works of of merit and doing good things to earn their mm. so-called salvation. Wow. I would imagine the spiritual <clears throat> warfare, the footholds, are, are pretty strong. Uh, and yet that simple approach sounds like they, they break those things down pretty quickly. You they? would think, you would think there would be a lot of demonic. But it was worse in, Can- in India. Really? Yes. Mm. 
Here, the light of God's Word does tremendous. The biggest testimony we have in Cambodia is, and then I, I would probably say the 80% of the testimonies we get, they'll tell you, I became a Christian last Sunday. On Monday, on Sunday night, my dream stopped from the war. Mm, wow. A supernatural thing that takes place in their life. And that's a testimony that happens a lot, that that post-traumatic stress dreams and all those dreams sets them free that they can go on and live a life. And some of them say, man, I feel like a whole new person. Oh, what a wonderful thing to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That is so great to hear. Wilma. What thoughts and encouragement can you give to others? Oh, yeah. I, I, <coughs> excuse me. When I look back and I see what God has done, my encouragement would be for those out there listening that if God has given you a desire in your heart, because he does give us the desires of our heart, and if you feel called to, to do something special or out of the ordinary for God, go do it, okay? Okay. Uh, you know, when, when Jerry and I, when we started sharing and we were told, oh, you know what, you guys are too old. You're too sick. I was suffering with fibromyalgia at the mm-hmm. time and, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I still do and I, you know, and I'm believing God for healing, but it hasn't happened yet. So I just keep plugging away and I, I said, you know what, I don't, I don't <laughs> care because I'll hurt the same whether I'm in the U.S. or over there. What, mm-hmm. what difference does that make? I'm still going to go on for God. So if you have limitations, uh, trying to talk you down of what God's called you to do, find people who believe, share your vision, write it down. The Bible says write down your vision and run with it. Find people who will encourage you in your vision and, and come alongside them. Just, just watch God do it with you. Very good. It's by his power. How can we pray for you? Okay. I think our biggest need is is we have 85 staff members that they get paid. And our, our financial support is our biggest need. We continue to see God working if we have the funds. And we can, we can reach one person, one person for 50 cents a month. One person. So $1 a month, you can reach two, two people. So we could use it in an orphanage. We can use finances for... Our, our our staff so I think our financial thing is our biggest concern thank you guys and God bless you and thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs>